Everybody and welcome to another episode of HP Critical, a podcast where my friends and I talk all things gaming. I'm your host today, Jarrell, and I am joined by a very special guest who's also a friend of mine, Joey. Hi, Joey. How are you? Hello. How are you? I'm good. I am okay. First of all, thank you for sitting down and have this conversation with me. Uh, as everyone may or may not know, we like to do conversations with uh, different POC to learn about them and learn about their experience in the gaming industry. And of course, for Indigenous Peoples Month, I had to talk to my Indigenous friend, Joey. So first of all, first of all, excuse me, um, can you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Yes, yeah, so hello everyone. Um, I belong to an ethnic group called Pihau. We're an Andean community in South America, specifically in Colombia, uh, in the region of Tolima. Um, we're about like, I'm gonna say like 90,000 people, uh, in, in our community. Um, and yeah, uh, you know, I'm a, an activist, an organizer, as well as a, uh, someone that talks about gaming and specifically uh, culture and gaming. I'm fascinated by the worlds people create and how often it reflects the real world. Same. And I know that we have a connection over World of Warcraft. Um, yes. <laughs> and our love for the game. And, you know, I, I, I've, obviously I feel some type of way about how representation is dealt with in that game. So maybe we'll talk about it. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll be able to bring that one up. But first of all, I am going to ask you a few questions. Uh, and I just want to get, you know, your understanding of being a content creator in the gaming industry, writing about video games, uh, working with, uh, different people in the industry, etc. So first question I have for you is how do you feel being an indigenous content creator? Um, I mean, uh, it's, it's rewarding in the sense that I feel like uh, indigenous people are kind of neglected a lot. And so it's nice that people are who typically don't want, who don't even think about like what indigenous people are doing or writing, uh, uh, look at my work and they're excited because, you know, they're fascinated. And I like that. I like that they're fascinated because they see a, a point of view that they're not used to. Um, so it feels rewarding in that regard, but it's also a sad reality where it's just, it's also a reminder that people don't really look at how native people are consuming the medias that they're making. Yeah, um, you know, one of the things that, and I'm going to give you a little bit of a shout out, um, for anyone who's listening, obviously you know about HP Critical. Uh, if you don't, definitely check out hpcritical.com. That's uh, the website that we're both writing on. One of our most popular pieces actually was from you, and it was about, um, uh, uh, and oh my gosh, why can't I remember the name of Animal Crossing? <laughs> you had written a piece about uh, Animal Crossing and indigenous patterns in the game. And that got a lot of traction because I think it's exactly what you said. You know, not a lot of people are aware or uh, even think about indigenous people when they think about video games. So that was really cool for me personally to see. So I'm super honored and, and thankful that you've been able to bring those types of pieces to HP Critical. You know, one of the ones that you wrote recently as well was super popular on the website. I think it was uh, in, uh, Characters with Indigenous Roots. Yeah, <laughs> um, that one was another one that did really well for us. And I was like, you know, you can't, I'm so thankful to you because you can't find this work 
literally anywhere else. You know, like I can't Google and find anywhere else an article on uh, uh, game characters with indigenous roots or, uh, you know, any type of uh, Animal Crossing representation of indigenous POC. So I, I, first of all, thank you. But when you write those things, how do you how do you like how do you think about how you want to create this content? Like, what do you think about when you're going forward and creating this? And does it like is it does it stem from knowing that you don't see this stuff elsewhere? I mean, there, there's two things. The first thing I think about is how am I going to talk about the diversity of our culture, right? Because mm-hmm. indigenous people, we're, we're very diverse, very diverse, right? I am like the, the the clothing that we wear in my community is way different from the clothing that people wear in South Florida, right? The Seminoles in South Florida, mm-hmm. um, and it's very, that's very different from the southwestern communities of the United States, right? So I have to be conscious of the fact that I am not trying to represent every single indigenous person in the Americas because that's impossible. I come from one community with a specific historical context. So I like to uh, uh, draw a picture of that, of saying I am one person from one specific community. Uh, so don't read my work and assume that this is how every single native person thinks. Because, for example, when it comes to indigenous representation, oftentimes it's made by non-natives, right? Yeah. And so you're going to have racial or racist undertones and some people are okay with that and some people aren't you know and for me because oftentimes indigenous representation is so little i often excuse a lot of the racism because it's just whether it's just i either am happy with the racist representation or i don't get any yeah you know yeah so yes <laughs> that and if you read my articles you're gonna you're gonna read a sarcastic kind of tone that i give uh, on on like characters with indigenous roots because there mm-hmm. are tropes right yeah. and i want to see these tropes uh i want to see d- different characters as well i want to see a native person that has zero connection to the environment because those exist right not yes. every native person is like talks to animals or i don't know like loves the environment right yes. there's native people who are very city very urban uh just like any other group of people you know, um, and that's okay. <laughs> you know, I want to see characters like that as well. Yeah, I'm actually so happy that you that you you know that you mentioned this because uh, even I can only obviously I can only speak for being black, but you know even even the back the black experience is varied. So I'll see some people discussing things that bother them that don't necessarily bother me, and then you know the other way around. So and I'm not obviously I'm not trying to compare situations between us, but I appreciate that you do that when you write, you know, like I, I, I have to remember, you know, I don't speak for every black person, just like you don't speak for every indigenous person. But you brought up a very interesting point that sometimes you have to be either satisfied with what you get, or, you know, you you don't like it, and it's racist, and there's no real in between. Uh, so speaking on that a little bit, I know I'm going off topic, but speaking on that a little bit, I, I want to ask you something that I usually ask people, which is how do you feel about content versus the creator. And when I say that, what I mean is when when you're presented with a story about indigenous people, if it's written by, let's say, a white person, do you think that it's more that it's uh, devalued in any way? Or should we respect it no matter who creates it as long as you're getting representation? Uh, this That's a very complicated i know (laughs) know. and actually it's funny because i was talking about this uh with with one of my friends earlier this morning but um so 
right now we're in this age of wanting representation and what ends up happening is now you have white content creators kind of profiting off of this right and and it's fine like I, i'm happy that white people are now um like making characters more diverse and they're just not making like white stories or white characters etc and they should right just like i feel like if i were to make a game and i want to include white characters uh i could even though i'm not white you know so i like the fact that they're diversifying and they're challenging their worldview when it comes to games and i don't think it necessarily devalues however in the fight for representation it can't just end at oh these characters are made um to be black to be made to be indigenous to be made to be whatever uh you also have to push people to hire people color to make content that pertains to their own communities because uh Unfortunately, like I'm not black, and so I can't do justice to the black experience because there's mm-hmm. things I just don't know that black yeah. people go through. You know, so when I make a character that's black, I have to put myself in someone else's shoes, and there's gonna be things I miss. That's just bound to happen, or vice, or like in the most extreme cases, I might make something that's anti-black. You know, and that's very normal because I'm not a black person, so I, yeah. I cannot know that experience. You know, and so I think that uh, uh, it doesn't necessarily devalue. I, I don't think that's a, a good word to to say that for ca- content creators that are making characters that are not the same, uh, like their same experience or their same racial group, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I do think that there has to be more push than just oh, white people making people of color. There has to be companies hiring people of color to make their own stories as well, because we need things to challenge the stereotypes that are pushed in society. Yeah, no, I you know I think that's a really distinct and understandable answer so <laughs> thank you for a question i'm sure you weren't prepared for so thank you I, I one of the things that ends up happening is whenever i talk about this question i feel like i always learn more because uh you know there's one point where i can be like okay you know this black superhero was made by a white person so why couldn't they hire a black person to get a nuance that a white person wouldn't understand but at the same time you know i'm happy i guess i have to be happy that i'm getting some type of representation because if it wasn't for that person maybe i wouldn't see myself anyway so it's a very interesting line to i think think about uh but anyway so continuing on what does represent representation in gaming mean to you <laughs> so representation in gaming means to me is, is essentially seeing storylines that are the i mean for me it, it simply means a story that's not centered around europeans right every game i feel like is has somewhat of a european setting you know like let's say um <clears throat> Stardew Valley, right? You're a white character going to a farm. There's the, like the culture there is very just, um, like European, whether that's European American or, or, or European European, uh, um, <clears throat> but it still has a very European like context. There is nothing that indicates that this person is culturally anything else but white. You know, it's almost like it's uncultured, if anything. Yeah, there's nothing that indicates otherwise, right? So I want to see games. For example, I want to see uh, a, a game uh, like Stardew Valley that has a clan system. And what is a clan system? Basically, like, oh, you you pick a clan in the beginning of the game, let's say Bird Clan or Raccoon Clan, and you cannot date someone of that same clan, like how a lot of indigenous people do. You know, you you're not supposed to date someone of your similar clan. You will never see that in gaming because everything is from a European context, but. I want to see more things from an indigenous context. I want to see games that that implement uh, uh, indigenous cultures in just random things like that. 
you know so to me representation is just is also that is is implementing a different cultural context to games you know a lot of things are viking or rpg like white european uh you know so much so that even in like elves elves could only be white you know uh i want to see different i want to see more elves of color i want to see different it's just i don't know representation is 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 diverse you know it's different it's different for everyone um and uh, you know every time <laughs> when you say elves i'm like oh here we go i can start this world of warcraft conversation about trolls <laughs> and orcs and the entire horde and you know what essentially they represent uh but i'm not gonna do that right now <laughs> but yeah I no I, I i completely agree you know i don't know if you saw this is a little bit of a tangent but i don't know if you saw but finally so i used to play a blood elf on, on the horde side and finally they have dark-skinned blood elves which I, I was like, no. it took y'all how many expansions to get to this? <laughs> like, I literally went and changed. I hate playing elves because they're mm-hmm. so pasty. Like, yes. they really are just so yes. pale. And like, and don't get me wrong. Like, I, like that should be an option for you know. I'm not saying that you can't have white looking elves or whatever. But like, I, I need more. I need better, especially because for me, like the elves already represented a type of per, like blood elves specifically. Like their personality was very elitist, very cocky, and on top of that, they look white. So I'm just like, why do I want to play an elf? I don't want to play an elf. So I never did. <laughs> and so I only had one. I only had one blood elf, and that was my demon hunter because he could only be a blood elf or a night elf. And so I, you know, I like playing horde. So. It was blood off, but now I changed his skin, so now he's dark. I changed my nido skin to be the darkest skin tone because I just think that uh, 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 you know, dark skin is beautiful. Me too. <laughs> I too think that. Uh, so the next thing I want to talk to you about is how do you feel diversity is currently in the gaming industry? Um, it's gotten better. You know, mm-hmm. I I can't. I'm not gonna sit here and lie. Like it's gotten better. There's certain games that that have always gotten it good but now you're seeing like nintendo for example starting to add different skin tones so it's great it's i I love it you know uh animal crossing just had like uh like a recent addition of a bunch of like afrocentric or curly hair um hairstyles and even my boyfriend who my boyfriend's white but he has really curly hair because his grandfather was black so he has like really thick curly hair and he had no hairstyle that represented him so now he does, and it's cool to see that. So it's even these like represent like even when you include uh, uh, options to represent people of color, white people will also benefit from that because even whiteness is diverse. You know, white people come in all shapes and sizes. So um, I think everyone benefits from representation. So I like where representation is heading now. It definitely needs to be better. You know, I'm tired of games only having two uh, uh, Afro hairstyles, which is like the afro and the dreads and that's it. <laughs> and the dreads always look so bad <laughs> and the dreads always look so bad yeah and like i need more like indigenous hairstyles as well like i need more care like what i have in in animal crossing is either like the hair down straight or mm-hmm. the two braids but i wear one braid you know i usually only wear one braid so i would like a braid hairstyle but you know as time went on i'm sure they're gonna uh, either add more hairstyles or maybe the new Animal Crossing in the future will add a hairstyle that's like more to like the hairstyles that I have. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting that you brought up uh, uh, Animal Crossing because I recently wrote an article titled Nintendo is Hearing Our Marginalized Voices. And in that article I talk about, because I just started playing, Breath- have you played Breath of the Wild? 
I, I, yeah, I love Breath of the Wild. So I just started playing Breath of the Wild, and I was very surprised because I've never played Zelda, and I was like, oh shit, like, this little elf is black, like, what's going on? Like, <laughs> I had no idea that they had brown skin elves in Zelda. I was like, what is happening here? So uh, after seeing that, and then I know we both played Pokemon, I know you didn't really like the base game, but... I wrote about the game Raji, which is the Hindu and Balinese, uh, excuse me, Hindu and Balinese mythology that's in the story and, uh, that was on their Nintendo Direct mini. And I need to read that article. You really I, should because I, I actually. I need to read that article because that's, so, uh, my boyfriend speaks Hindi as well. So I'm a little familiar with the culture and I really like that they brought that aspect into a game based on Europe because uh, uh, Europe has a lot of South Asian influence, mm-hmm. like a lot of Desi influence in, in the, in the regions. And so when I saw like all these Pokemon that were based on South Asia, it was just, and like the curry system, it to me, it was just like, wow, this is amazing. Like Nintendo really did their research when it came to this region. Like they did not want to scale this region at all. And that, that was one of the things that I, I don't mention that, but one of the things I did mention about Pokemon was the, just the diversity in it. And so the, this article is really just me talking about how happy I was about diversity in Nintendo because I saw the Black Elves in Zelda. Um, I saw literally, you know, the Pokemon trainers and not, not trainers, the gym leaders in Pokemon. I thought that it was really cool to see designs of characters who aren't just all skinny and fit. You know, we have like, we got thick ladies in there. We got black girls. We got got black guys we got old people and i was like it's really refreshing to see this type of content in a game that is made for uh everybody you know like it's a huge franchise it feels franchise. real yes exactly it just feels so real yeah i love it i i was i walked out to see my roommate playing pokemon uh, uh shield on my switch and i was just like oh you're playing pokemon and then he passes by his mother and his mother was black and i was just like oh they matched the the mother to the, your character's yes. skin tone i yes. was it was such a pleasant surprise just little things like that just shows that nintendo is trying and again exactly so I'm, I'm happy where representation is going because people are trying and that's really like to me if you intend to do good like that is what i like to see most you know and, and the real reason I brought this up is because when I was writing it, when I got to the Animal Crossing section in my article, I met, I was thinking about you because we had talked about this, and I mentioned in my article that I was very happy to see some of the new black hairstyles, but I'm still waiting on more indigenous hairstyles and marginalized um, hairstyles for marginalized groups, including a long ponytail. Just for you. I wrote that in my article just for you. Because I remembered you saying that you don't have that type of representation and you had created your article. And I was like, you know, it's really great to see this. But more never hurts. More is always better. You know, more options is always better. And do you have to specifically think about what you're going to write? Or does it does being indigenous affect how you plan to write things? Uh, For sure it does, because... One of the things that in my community they, t- they teach us is to always under always like think of other people. In other words, like always care about the, the people around you, and to never assume that you are the sole representation of our community. Because uh, unless like our community sends you out as a specific like uh, uh, tribal representation, like you're not a tribal representation. You're just one person in the group, right? Um, and so. 
when writing my 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 articles, I always think about okay, I had to make I had to specify, I had to make sure that people understand that I am an individual writing mm-hmm. about this and not representative of a whole group. Because again, like we spoke earlier, um, I I just could not do that justice. And I feel like as racialized minorities, we are always representing our racial group no matter what, and yes. it's unfortunate, right? Yeah. And I think white people have the privilege of not being the representation of their whole community. You know, they're, they're kind of neutralized a lot of times, while we are not. We're, ne- we're never neutralized. We're always political. Everything. Yep. Right? Everything. And so I, uh, when writing, I always look at how I'm telling, how I'm, I'm telling the story that I'm trying to tell, right? And then another thing I do is also I look at the culture of the game, right? Because people don't understand is that when when video game designers make a game, they're making a world. That world has certain rules. And I love looking at these rules. I love looking at how things just are playing out. What is it that makes this universe real? What is it that makes this universe connect? What does it make this universe like uh, 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 feel unrealistic or realistic or whatever the, the reasoning behind the, the, the content creator's like goal for the game, right? And so as an indigenous person, I, I look at how they are representing a lot of times tribal people. <laughs> and so let's say I look at Paper Mario, you would think, oh, what does Paper Mario have to do with native people? And then you go to like uh, the Amazon level or the jungle level, and then you see shy guys dressed in like tribal attire. And people typically don't think about that, but that's a representation of indigenous people. And how are they being represented? Oh, as the bad guys, as savages? Huh, okay. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Do you uh, actually, so to continue on with that uh, train of thought, actually, no. Actually, I don't want to do that. Do you <laughs> do you remember the game that you reviewed? There's there's Spirit Fair. Oh, the Guardian of the Lore. Okay, okay, yeah, the Guardian of Lore. I know what game you're talking about now. Yes, that was the that was the name of it. Yes, Guardian of Lore. So uh, I'm very happy that you actually decided to pick up and and write a review for that one, especially because you are you know being indigenous. I felt like it would be really great. I, obviously, I open it up for anyone, but I, I was really happy that you were able to grab that, because you, I think, brought an interesting sense to the article that I necessarily wouldn't have. So, can you talk a little bit about how that was, being able to review a game that was by Indigenous people, for once? Because, <laughs> you know, we barely well, ever get that. Well, well, that game wasn't by it Indigenous wasn't? people. No, no, it wasn't. It was... I, I looked into the team to make sure, because I was just like, okay, are these people Indigenous or not? They're, they're just Latinos who are disconnected from uh, uh, these communities. Like, they... they or from Argentina mostly, mm-hmm. um, which is a predominantly like white country, or at least that's what they say. I mean, I don't really trust the census of Latin America just because they they tend to sell a, a wider country just for tourism. But um, but Argentina does have like a huge like Italian or European diaspora, right? And so that game, I was really excited because I was like, it was specific about to South America. Right, like that game has uh, a lot of origin stories from South America, and I was looking at the the their design, uh, uh, their character designs, and their enemy designs, and it was just really well researched. Like I was very happy about what the team was doing, and I was I was super excited to try out the game, and um, there was just certain things that I'm just like uh, I can tell these people um, are not necessarily thinking about how community members would feel about this game. 
uh, you know, uh, using the word indigenous, or no, indigenous, I'm sorry, using the word Indian, yes. or even in Spanish, they would use the word Indio, which already, like, implies that they don't care how people feel about the terms, when those are derogatory terms in Latin America to refer to us. And so I, I you know, I let them know, I was like, hey, really consider changing the name to indigenous because that is a more it's not perfect there's community members that hate the word indigenous as well but it's a lot more pc than the word indio or indian um where that is is considered a big no for a lot of people yeah so um thank you first of all for correcting me and and for anyone who's listening yes the name the title of the the game is the guardian uh, the guardian of lore and we got a demo of it to review and joey's review is up on hpcritical.com and <clears throat> it's really in-depth it does mention uh exactly what he just said how you know there was references to people as Indians, and you also mentioned, I believe, the white savior aspect that was in the game. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was. It's it's just frustrating because again, it's a story about South American Native people. So I'm like, why couldn't the person be a Native person saving their own stories? It's you know? a blonde it's, white guy, right? It's a blonde white guy going to uh, uh, trying to save the stories of South Americans before the colonizers basically destroyed them. Yeah, and I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. It's just, again, it just felt very white savory. I'm sure that it's not like the, I, I, I'm not saying the content creators were like trying to be, uh, uh, anything about it. I just think it was just something that they weren't necessarily thinking about. Yeah. But this is why I need more people of color to, to be on these scenes because, um, it's just things that we wouldn't have, like, I'm tired of seeing white people save brown and black people. <laughs> like, I can't speak for everyone, but I'm definitely tired of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so essentially, you were excited about being able to review a title that's based in Latin America, but overall, you wish that there were more, you know, brown people behind the room to fix a few of the issues. Yeah, definitely. Especially because it's about indigenous people. I think you should at least have some indigenous people in your team, or at least talk to them. Like, there are games, like, in my, um, uh, like characters with indigenous roots, like towards the end, I start talking about games made either by indigenous people or literally with community members. And it's, it's just so much different. It's so different compared to the other games where you start seeing a, you see tropes, you know, you see certain things that I'm not going to say I hate, but I don't necessarily like. So since we're speaking about games with representation, are there any good or bad examples of representation or some of your favorite examples of representation in video games? Um, one of my favorites is this game called Mulaka. And the reason why I like it, even though the person doesn't come from the community that they're representing, this person, I can tell, did a lot of research and tries their best to represent the culture. It tells the origin stories. It even has their language in the game. And he donates part of the funding. Like, if you buy Mulaka on Switch, some of the funding goes to preserving the culture. So it goes back to the community. And I think content creators can really learn from uh, uh, the, the guy who made the game. was His name is Lienzo. And I could really learn from people like him. Like, this is someone who went out of their way to do the research, to work with the community, to represent them, and even give back to the community. Because it's not just about representation. You also want to help the community members, especially in Latin America, where indigenous people are one of the most discriminated groups of people in Latin, in, in the Americas are indigenous people in, in Latin America. And so, it's it's just it's such a refreshing it's so refreshing to see that, especially from someone who doesn't necessarily come from that community. Um, another uh good example um 
uh, let me think. What's another good example of? I honestly like love <laughs> World of Warcraft's example of indigenous people, but it could be argued as racist. Yeah, so. it surely can. <laughs> so I love it, but it is, um, it you know, people do have that conversation. Is it racist? And a lot of people do say, yeah, it is. And I'm not going to argue against that. You know, I just love it because I'm like, wow, this is cool. It's uh, these people, these certain races are based on South America, right? That's so cool. Like to me, you know, um, a, a game that, that people like a lot is this game called Never Alone. It's an indie game. And from what I've been told, I never played it, but from what I've been told, it's just, it does. Oh, great! It, and not just the the main character is not just a woman, like it's or a girl, um, which is you know something that we need to include us also not just like diversity in racial groups, but also in gender, right? More main characters being women doing their thing, right? Um, but it they worked with the communities, the Inuk communities, to really represent their culture, and it shows. You know, a lot of people really praise that game. I think I think some of the games that do. Indigenous people badly. Um, I mean, you don't think... have to answer. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just curious if there were some that you just like were that you were fed up with that you wanted to talk about. But you don't have to answer. I mean, I think <laughs> there was this case where Game and Watch uh, in in Japan, the they he would put on an Indian costume and do, to do one of his attacks in Super Smash, um, and it and it was censored in the West. Um, and so people here didn't see that, but if you went to Japan, you would see that, and then they removed it, um, and it was really bad. <laughs> like, uh, wait, you see it, and it, and it came because there was this one game where you were uh, a cowboy fighting a bunch of Indians, um, and it's Game and Watch, so it's referencing that, and it's is extremely racist. And thank God Nintendo took it down. But the fact that Nintendo had it to begin with on Super Smash was kind of disappointing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I I am we're we're at that thirty minute mark, but I don't want to let you go yet because we gotta have this World of Warcraft conversation. Uh, <laughs> but before we do, I want to end on that one. But before we do, what do you think can be done to make things better? Well, <laughs> I think talking or or are really getting to know the communities that of the land you're on, right? So if we live in South Florida, so getting to know Seminoles and Miccosukis, what their culture means, what does it mean to live on Seminole Miccosukee land, right? And so that when you represent, let's say you want to make a game in South Florida and you want to represent Seminoles and Miccosukis, you're not just basing it on some uh, 1500, 1600, 1700 stereotype of what they say Seminoles and Miccosukis are. You, you base it on how the people are today. You know, get rid of the mysticism behind Native people. You know, like a lot of I, I went to Georgia uh, on, on a trip, and just being, just looking Native got so much attention from people who would walk up to me, and they would say, "Oh, I never met a real Indian before. That's so cool." And it's just like this mysticism that people have of Native people, just because. Unfortunately, in, in the East Coast of the United States, a lot of the Native people died because of the Trail of Tears and genocide and things like that. So most Native people live in the Southwest uh, of the United States, right? And so that fascination of native of nativeness is very prevalent, so much so that within the same ga- uh, 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 gas station at like, I don't know, 10 o'clock at, at night, me and my friend were stopped three different times by three different people asking about our race, being like, whoa, you guys are Indian. Oh, my grandma was Cherokee. You know, all these comments that I was just like, we don't really get that in Miami because in Miami, people just assume we're like Latino or they just assume something else. But in Georgia, where there's not a big Latino population, they 
we are visibly native there and they will stop us. And so I think getting rid of that mysticism behind what it means to be indigenous is a great step to representing indigenous people because we're not just like these spiritual stereotypes. We're not, you know, these chiefs. Not all of our, us are related. Like I'm not related to a chief. I, I need games to stop having this like my dad's a chief or my grandparent was a chief because it's not common. <laughs> To have your your parent or grandparent to be a chief, like it happens, sure, you know, but like it's not the general experience. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes, sometimes we just want to be, you know, as people because we are people. Yes, we do have a culture that you should respect and you should learn from, but at the end of the day, we're all individuals who are living our lives uh, however we see fit. And I think that video games actually being such a huge medium, if they were to incorporate things properly, a lot of people would learn a lot of things um and, and just in general so if there were a prop a proper triple a video game that had to do with indigenous people and it was it, those types of things i think are able to clear away some of the mysticism that you were talking about to help people understand others uh, does that make sense yeah for sure and I and I, I like to bring up Overwatch, uh, or at least what Overwatch used to be. And I don't know, uh, you know, how people feel about this. Maybe people don't agree with me, but I think that Overwatch did something for gaming when it was first released that essentially helped the gaming culture because it it kind of flipped on its head certain stereotypes of how people were supposed to be. And I don't know if it continues to do that today. I, I don't play as much as I used to. But one of the examples that I love is that, you know, D.Va was one of the big tanks in the game, right? But she's this tiny, <laughs> this uh, tiny little girl who likes playing video games. And so if you want to be this really strong, heavy, shielded tank, you're going to have to play as this tiny little girl in a pink mech suit. And... Uh, I think at that point, whenever you want to, you know, because we're talking about not only racial diversity, but like you said, gender diversity and even disabilities and diversity within the gaming community, like it goes so far. But at that point, you know, I think it would have, and I don't know if it does this, but I think it would have made people think twice about talking shit, you know, about a girl gamer when you're playing this girl in a pink suit. Um, so as a tank, which is not necessarily, like you never really in video games see a big tank character as this pink little girl who likes to play video games. Uh, and even, even, you know, ageism, you know, we had, uh, characters like Reinhardt and, um, Ferris mom, whose name I can't remember. Um, and we had, and one of the things I really, really love actually about Overwatch as well is that they allow for characters to represent themselves by also speaking their language. And uh -huh. I thought that was just super cool because uh, the way that it's, it's, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I know you played Overwatch, but the way that it's intertwined into the game is that when they're on your team, it's in English, but when it's on the other person's team, it's in their, uh, that character's language, correct? I'm not sure because I never really looked into that, but that's, if that's true, that's really cool. Okay. So I'm pretty sure I'm almost a hundred percent sure that that's how it, that's how it works. And so just from playing Overwatch, you know, I found myself saying, 
different sayings in different languages because I've learned them just from hearing them so much. And that is, it, to me, it's such a cool opportunity to be able to hear characters speak in languages that I don't, like, I've never heard of myself. So I think, and, and it being such a popular first-person shooter, uh, I wish that more games were able to do that. Now, we do have an article on our website about how Overwatch is kind of losing its diversity because in the beginning we got a bunch of, you know, we got Mexican characters, we got black characters, uh, we got a, a ton of different racial identities, and then now it started to be a bunch of, you know, white, um, yeah. uh, uh, white skinny characters, etc. So they kind of lost what they had before, which if you want to hear more about it, you can definitely check out that article on HP Critical written by Marissa. But I still think that it was such a great opportunity and they that team created something that was really special. Now, let's talk about World of Warcraft. Because <laughs> I love the Horde. I am a Horde member for life. But when I first played... I started as a troll and I was like, what is this really bad fake accent that they have going on? This sounds so bad and so racist. And at that point, I was also like, damn, so all the minority characters have just been thrown together as like the the group that no one wants to associate with, which I guess kind of makes sense because it, it's almost like racism in its own sense. Like this is th- these people had to come together because the rest of the world was like, you guys are outsiders. So I kind of like that aspect of the horde. Like I like being the underdog. I like being um, a people that had to connect with one another because they were shunned for one reason or another. But you know, I and I know that you love the trolls on the Tauren, right? I love the trolls, yeah. Yeah, so I know. you don't love the torrent? I thought you loved the torrent too. Um, I don't like big bulky characters, so okay. I tend to stay away from torrent. Okay. Like I like, I like. No, yeah, I, I just like. I don't really like torrent like that. <laughs> <laughs> but I know that one of the reasons that I love WoW, and I'm assuming that you do as well, is because the lore is vast and it's deep and you can really just get connected into it. And I uh, I know that you did express that you like exploring these worlds. And I am, you know, we could talk about Sylvanas for days, but <laughs> I do want to know why you like representation in World of Warcraft. Like what draws you to it? So... Okay, so World of Warcraft, like, people love to t- try to remove politics from games, and it's just so hard. Like, you can't really do that because politics is, uh, is shown in every game. World of Warcraft is no exception. World of Warcraft has politics in the game. Oh, and, for sure. And when it comes to racial representation, it's interesting because you have the humans, right, who are based on, uh, essentially the Nordic people, right? They came from really cold areas and, um, th- like their ancestors were, uh, the Valkyr, not the Valkyr, the, the, the Viking looking people from Northrend. Um, and even when they made black humans, people were upset, right? Because they're mm-hmm. like, they're supposed to be based on Nordic people. There's no black Nordic people. But like that was one of the arguments that people made, right? It's a stupid argument, but it is something that's, that <laughs> people did make, right? And then you have, uh, um, the elves, which are traditionally white, as a, um, uh, like the blood elves, but then you had the the night elves, who were the first elves, and they were darker. And those uh, night elves came from dark trolls, which came from trolls, right? And I love it because it just it's a it's a whoever made these races really represented like real ethnic categories in these games, right? Taran being obviously North Native American, uh, Trolls being an amalgam of like South Central American communities, the Caribbean, then with 
with like these Afro uh, uh, influences as well, even like the Zandalar, which are based on like the Inca, Aztec, Maya empires, have a very Nigerian accent, have very Wakanda feel to it. Um, and so you have what I see is people of color on one side and then kind of like white people on the other side. <laughs> yes. And humans, like if anyone's played the original Warcraft games, like humans were very discriminatory, even against elves. Oh, yeah. they, they hated high elves. Mm-hmm. They would always make fun of them, look down on them. And so the high elves, when they became blood elves, joined the horde. And to me, that was normal because I'm like, yeah, you know, humans would discriminate against them. They only like gnomes and goblins, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. They only like gnomes and, 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 and dwarves, you know. Outside of that, they look down on everyone, you know. And so to me, uh, 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 there's racist undertones, right? Like orcs being super hyper masculine and they have a black dance, you know, mm-hmm. both male and female. And then they had the whole, they were slaves and then they got mm-hmm. liberated. And so it's very <laughs> obvious who the orcs are trying to represent, you know? Um, and on top of that, since there was no black humans, like, it was the only representation of what you can argue as black. Then you had the goblins, which are goblins are notoriously, uh, uh, like its origins are very anti-Semitic, right? Like you see Harry Potter with the goblins and the banks and these goblins with the big noses are all about the money. So you see like very anti-Semitic tropes there. And then the, the, the trolls with the sacrificing and the savage stereotypes. And so there's a lot of bad stereotypes with it, but also I like it because it's one of the only games where I, I was just like, Oh wow. Like when I realized the trolls were the dark spirit trolls, for example, I, I knew they were based on Caribbean people. But then I looked at their architecture and I was just like, why is this so Latin America? Why is this so Mesoamerica? Why is this so South America? And then I, it hit me. I was like, these are based, this is just an amalgam of like Caribbean cultures and, and, and South Central and Mexican cultures, you know, the, the original cultures of those, of those lands. And so I started falling in love with trolls and now I'm obsessed with trolls. <laughs> and, and, and trolls would say things that native people say all the time, like trolls would be like, all land is na- is is troll land, you know, and that's something yeah. native people say. Like this is native land, you know, um, and they have like that similar historical struggle of having being the first ones, right? Because trolls were the first ones in Azeroth, and then humans came and just started displacing them, you know. And so I see it as like a very to me, it's like reminiscent of like how native people we a lot of times we're mourning our cultures because our cultures. You know, took the brunt of colonialism. We lost so much, and we're always looking to the past as kind of like, uh, 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 I don't know, like we're just always mourning our, our our cultures. So much of it has been lost, and so trolls also mourned their empires uh, before, and I can relate to that. So in that regard, yeah, it's it's racist. You can definitely argue it's racist, but I also connect to it. Yeah, you know, I think I think you bring valid points, and that's also a, a low key. That's also why I kind of agree that I think that I was interested in it as well because it's 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 almost like it's almost like a a turn on its head of stereotypes like the stereotypes are definitely there but uh it's like a turn on its head of history being retold in a different way which is really interesting to see how people react to it you know like one of the I don't remember the name of it but there was the plague that happened and and wow and then like real doctors researched how it spread and they were able to use that in like real world situations and i think it's always interesting to see how um you know fantasy and reality can mix together in such a way like and that's also low-key why i love the horde it's like seeing all these marginalized people just come together to uh fight for what's right after being 
fucked over, essentially, and discriminated against. It's funny against. because... You see the horde, and they're very much like, from the alliance point of view, they're savages, they're backwards, and things like that. But from the horde point of view, it's people don't see them for who they are. Exactly, and that's what and I love about. The I could horde. just, yeah, I could just relate to it. Like it's just, I, I'm just able to relate to the horde so much that I just, I hate the alliance. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> I don't hate the alliance, but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like, yeah, like I just, I just relate to the horde a lot, and and that way, I think Blizzard did a great job in representing real people even though there was some backwardness there i just think they just tried their best to humanize the horde in a way that i just think that lions get the short end of the stick like storytelling for horde is just oh 100 percent better it's so it's so much better and now they're doing it with the nidals and i'm happy what the nidals are getting right now because you see nidals re- really returning to the roots because before nidals were very aggressive they're very uh, uh, yeah, they were just really aggressive about their territories, and they kind of been pacified in, in World of Warcraft. And so I'm, I'm loving seeing uh, Tyrande going through her journey right uh, now. She's such a bitch, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> like I understand why. Don't get me wrong. Like I would also be a bitch in her current situation. <laughs> like just Tyrande and I have a love hate relationship. Um, <laughs> but I, and I, I completely agree. Like it's really cool to see, and I, I, I also agree that you know the horde has those nuanced stories. I think that you get to really see these people as they are as opposed to who they are based on someone else's idea uh and that's that's very much you know marginalized groups are always classified by media and what people say and what people think as opposed to like you said getting to know who we are as a people um and as as an individual as well not just as a people but also as an individual um and i i i the only thing i "Ah, okay blizzard i love you I hate you for some of the stuff you do. Like you're very, they're very whatever. I'm, well, I'm you know, not going to that either. You know, it's funny too. Like uh, there's this sacred relationship that I think I call it sacred. I don't mean it's not really that sacred, but there's a sacred relationship that Tarn orcs and trolls have, and I, I like very much see mm-hmm. you know natives, Latinos, and black folks having in real life. That's, and so yeah. these, and these, these are the racial groups that uh, represent us. And so like. To me, it's just, again, it just represents the real world because when you look at the struggle in the Americas, it's very much been black, indigenous, and Latino-led. Mm-hmm. And you see that in the Horde, the yeah. original Horde. Yeah. As Savannah hates it, but it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's a, a great segue to, to wrap this up because I, I'm not going to ruin what you just said because I completely agree. Like, those were those were the, th- the original three races and they definitely represent um, uh, those racial representations and uh, counterparts in real life. Um, and, yeah, you know, people are free to disagree with this, of course, like, I, and I I think I can speak for both of us when I'm, when I say that not everything is perfect. Of course, uh, there are definitely some, you know, r- racial stereotypes and undertones that could have been handled better but uh, we can appreciate the story for what it is. Now, what I can't appreciate is what they did to Vol'jin. I'm still not happy with it. <laughs> I am still a hater. I know. Oh, and, guys. <laughs> Again, as a troll kind of person, yes. trolls, I'm so happy that Vol'jin was the war chief. Mm-hmm. And he died because of demon, random demon number 4,346. Exactly. Like, I'm just like, he really died because of a random NPC mob? Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, they, that's why I'm like, mm, sometimes Wizard, y'all really be fucking us over. And then the whole, let's bring Sylvanas over. And then I, you know, you and I talked about how I didn't know what the fuck she was doing for quite a while. But, um, anyway, <laughs> thank you so much, Joey. I think this has been a really, you know, informative conversation. Is there anything else that you want to say before we wrap up? 
Um, nothing like if you wanna like look up the land that you're on. If you live in the Americas, you can go to native that native-land.ca I believe. If not, you can just Google native land and you can kind of see the, the communities you're on and, and maybe get to know those communities and see what their struggle is, see what, what they're fighting for. I live on Seminole Miccosukee land and I organize with Love the Everglades movie, movement, which is run by one of the members of the Miccosukee tribe of Florida and we get to fall in love with the Everglades. We get to fall in love with the land we're on because at the end of the day, even if you're not native to the land you're on, you should connect to the land. And I think everyone can benefit from connecting to the land they're on. Thank you so much. And thank you for this conversation and the informed uh, opinions of you and uh, everything that you've been able to bring to the table to HP Critical as well. I've, uh, I've been very thankful to have you on. It's been really wonderful to read your pieces and learn from you. Uh, the more that we talk and the more that we're at the, the more that I'm able to read everything that you do. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, anyone who is listening to this on time, um, you sh we are having a Pokemon and Smash tournament on December 4th and 5th at 6pm. December 4th is Pokemon at 6pm. December 5th is Smash at 6pm. And the charity is courtesy of Joey. So first of all, thank you for bringing it to my attention. We will be helping raise funds for the coastal indigenous communities um, who have been affected by rising sea levels, acidification of the ocean and the warming of oceans, etc. And um, we're going to be helping to create the Ecoots Food Basket Initiative. Correct me if I said that incorrectly. Um, but uh, we're going to be helping to create... Um, uh, traditional food baskets for them. So please come out on December 4th and 5th and definitely donate if you can. Thank you so much, uh, Joey, for helping us uh, bring bringing that to our attention and helping us so we could set that up. And uh, with that, I'm going to say thank you again because I'm just so happy. <laughs> and with that, we will talk to everyone later. Bye, guys. See ya. Kaya kama. <laughs>